Podcasting. Downloading SEO 101. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Hey, buddy, how's it going today? Hey, Ross, how are you doing, brother? Good. Yeah, I got a, got a bloody cold for my Petri dish kids, but... <laughs> All kids are Petri dish kids, not just yours. Trust me. Oh, I know. It's just our whole house is just miserable. <laughs> Yeah. So what did your kid give you? Besides oh, just a cold. Basic, basic cold. Uh, well, that's <laughs> yeah, just basic cold. It's just, you know, <laughs> lots going on. But that's okay. I, I could deal with this it's, better than the last cold and pneumonia last year. That was not fun. It's the end of the year. It's that time for things. You know? You're supposed to get sick at the end of the year and screw up Christmas. <sighs> hopefully or, not. Well, or, hopefully it won't last that long, but yeah. <laughs> or, the, or, the ho- or the holidays, to be politically correct. <clears throat> yes, yes. So if you excuse my voice and occasionally cracks and such, but oh well, how's work? Lots of interesting things going on? Oh, it's great. I'm, I'm actually digging deep into um, becoming the, uh, the the company's sponsored content guru or the advertorial guru. So that's, that's a fun. I always love new areas of interest, new things to, to think about and learn about. It's always great. I love it. Especially when you can call yourself the guru. I hate calling myself guru. I don't know why I <laughs> Uh, it's, you're it's, John. It's because it's nobody's using sponsored content guru. It's all a social media guru. I can sound different. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you're my guru. So there you go. And the, the, world, the world's first and only Ross Dunn guru. <laughs> <laughs> Got to help you. Um, yes. <laughs> so to start with, um, uh, uh, it's all over the all over the news in, in the search world, but uh, Matt Cutts, uh, another private link network was foiled by the Cuts. Hey, hey, actually, actually, before we get into this, I, I do the thing I meant to do this for. I want to oh, I want to sure. say something about Dana Lukadu. Make sure everybody knows, and that, you know, she was in an accident, and she's one of our our good friends and a great listener to the show. Um, she's one of the moderators on our Google Plus community. And I'm just best wishes out to hope to her and hope for a speedy recovery. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been following her uh, recovery uh, very closely, and it's just, I don't know, it's so hard to see her in so much pain. But she's, luckily, yeah. she's always smiling somehow. And Somehow, uh, I don't know how, but she, she, she gets it through. She's an amazing woman. To have broken her back is just, it's insane. Uh, it's such a devastating injury. But uh, she seems to be recovering, so it's great. It's fantastic to hear. Slowly, but it's happening, which is pretty impressive considering the significant injury. Absolutely. So sometimes anyway, sometimes talk to everyone uh, and say, uh, Dana, in two or in three, burst, because she yes. usually listens to us while she's on her bike. Yeah, and I'm and hoping, just, you know, I had this like weird thing because she, she actually had her accident while she was riding her bike, and hopefully she wasn't listening to us and we did it. <laughs> God. Because <laughs> I have like serious guilt for the rest of my life. <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah, especially if she was laughing. 
<laughs> well, hopefully she's listening to this and she's getting better. And when we will start doing the one, two, three burst, Dana, when it's time to get up and go pee. <laughs> so yes. she can use that, you know. We want to see the one, two, three burst on a walker. Yeah, yes. that's it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you guys, you listeners out there, you're very, very valuable to us. And, and Dana just happens to be we've had to, we've gotten to meet, well, we've gotten to know very well too. And she's just fabulous. And, we wish her very well. So, Absolutely. glad you brought that up. Thank you. Um, now, I was I was mentioning uh, before I was properly interrupted. Um, the uh, Matt, the cuts team has has taken down another link network, and uh, my favorite part about this <coughs> is Matt's quote. I think he posted this in Twitter. He quotes them, the link network, by saying. There are absolutely no footprints linking the websites together. <laughs> and his, his response, oh, Anglo rank. <laughs> like you, like, like. In other words, yeah. they found the, the link and poor buggers, they're down. See, but what gets me is, is these, these guys that are affiliate marketers or even good coders and good you know, thinkers, smart people, think they can create a network that has no footprints. And then they put it up against this company that has like over a thousand PhDs that do nothing but look for these connections. Yeah, you're, you're going to beat them. <laughs> yeah. And considering you have to buy domains, you have to have hosting companies or, you know, accounts with everything. You know, nothing's, they can connect to anything. I mean, yeah. and, and it's your history too. They got more history than I'd like to know about me, I'm sure. And, well, just, and that's just it, you know? All just just think, if you own these networks, at some point you're going to click through to each one of these networks. And if you're using, like, Chrome or some kind of plug-in that Google has attachments to, they might not use that data and information in their algorithms, but that doesn't mean they don't use it yeah. when they're checking out what you're, looking, what you're clicking through to. Yeah, I got a hunch if we knew exactly what they used to find the stuff, we'd be a little uh, a bit afraid. But exactly. the, <laughs> oh well, um, I'm not thinking about it because I think it's good that they're cleaning things up. Uh, Do you? But I, it's kind of it's kind of funny you mentioned that. And this is a little bit of a diversion, not really SEO related. So bear with me for a second. They found out to, an article came out in the news today that the NSA and the FBI and all those guys that were all worried about tracking us, they're now monitoring Wow World of Warcraft and those MMO games for for terrorist activity inside of these cyber worlds. I think it's hilarious. Uh, What's scary is, you know what, I'd probably, you know, if there is a network, it's something that probably would be used by terrorists. Why not? Um, but it is pretty sad that we have to go to that extent. Now, that said, the um, uh, also in the news was, of course, that Microsoft and Google and a whole tr- Yahoo troop of these big companies have band together to, to pretty much tell the NSA they don't want to be providing this information. They don't want to be the conduit of all this private information that they're being forced to provide. Uh, whether or not that'll do anything is another thing. But I mean, if, if, yeah, they can want that, but it, <coughs> they put themselves in the position by collecting it all, and they kind of have to collect it all based on their business models. So you know, it's kind of the price they have to pay to do what they do. Yeah, yeah they don't I, want I, I think, to be evil, but oh well. <laughs> but they're not being evil. They're, they're being they're, they're being used. You know no, I mean? no, they're already evil because they, they collect and use this stuff. And then, oh, well, we have to give it away, too. <laughs> yes. So we're not the only ones that benefit from our evil. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, um, <clears throat> oh, sorry, I'm coughing a bit, but uh, let's jump down to this one of the smaller ones before we get into a bigger one after the break. <clears throat> it says Matt cuts and duplicate meta descriptions. This is something you posted last time, I, I believe. Excuse me, Karen. <laughs> ah. um, spank, spank your kid for me for getting you sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so cruel. It's not my oh, kid. He <laughs> um, said, in essence, it is better to have none at all than any duplicated description tags. Very small, very very you know basic. And we didn't cross this out from our last show, so I'm assuming we didn't cover it. I apologize nope, anyone who heard me, but we didn't nope, cover it? No, I don't no. think we did. Um. But you know what? It it is a good reminder. Um, we're like turning into audit masters. I swear, the, the amount of audits we're doing right now is making my head spin. It's 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 really interesting work, but it's it's a lot of work <laughs> too. But the one thing that I find so much is how many duplicated tag, tags there are. Um, everyone is too guilty of this to some degree, unless they have a small site or a lot or someone on staff that can just dedicate themselves to it. Um, and you know, fair enough. I mean, we're all busy. But well, I can, I can tell you, a, I can tell you a story. Back, remember back when there actually was a supplemental index, and you can actually search for things in the supplemental index. Mm-hmm. I remember a case where a site had 100% duplicate meta, meta descriptions across all the pages, and almost everything they had was in the supplemental index. And the only change we made. And literally, just because we wanted to test it, the only change we made was we created unique meta descriptions for each page of the site. Almost 70% of those pages came out of supplemental just on that one change hmm. because they were being seen as duplicate or, you know, I, I'm guessing description tag had a little bit more weight back then than it does today, but still, it made a big difference. Well, didn't you just tell us the last week that it did, the last time we did this, that... <clears throat> The description tag was never weighted? No, keyword tags were never weighted. Well, we knew that. Yeah. Description tag. Yeah, no, okay. Description so tags. I, got, I got confused, right? It was keyword yeah, tag. Yeah. That's right. We're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Description tags have always been weighted. Yeah. Um, and, and in any case, uh, it's, it's good for us to know that the, the, the description tag has some weight, and it's something that uh, obviously, oh, man, <laughs> can I just die today? Um, oh, you know what? Before I. I, I finish that and cough. Uh, can you explain to people what the <laughs> supplemental index is? Because we just sort of jumped into that. Oh, yeah. So, and the, everybody talks this. The easiest way to describe it is using the, the duplicate content example. So, everybody knows about the duplicate content penalty. Well, there's no such thing as a duplicate content penalty. It's a filter, right? So, if you got 10 pages that all are exactly the same, have, you know, pretty much maybe it was a technical <laughs> issue that caused it. Um, or somebody got sick and accidentally created nine of the same pages while they were coughing. But uh, <laughs> 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 so you got ten exact pages. Well, Google only wants to index one of those exact duplicates, right? So they index one. The other nine get put. They they know they exist. They know they're on the web, but they put them in what's called the supplemental index. It's an index where duplicate or, or bad or low quality pages go to die basically and there used to be a way we could actually do i can't remember what it is off the top of my head but you could put a search feature a search query that would show you just stuff that was indexed in the supplemental index um today you can kind of get a picture of it when you search for something and you go through the results and you get to like the third page and there's a little thing at the bottom that says these results are you know we can show you you know 
showing, we can show you a bunch more results that are you know, very similar to the results we've already shown you. That's kind of the supplemental index. Now, you might see 10 pages listed, and if you click that, you might see 50 pages listed. Those extra 40 pages that showed up when you click that are, are basically in the supplemental index today. Is that yeah. good? Is, yeah, is yeah there, I think so. But I thought that uh, <clears throat> essentially, didn't they, they just pretty much or officially remove the index or at least just meld it into everything? There's no official supplemental index anymore, is there? Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, it's it's all one index controlled <laughs> algorithmically now. Um, yeah. And honestly, I don't know if it ever it used to be two separate indexes or not. It might have been, but either way, it acts the same. Yeah, mine plays tricks on me a lot, but I think I remember re- reading that it was secondary. It was a secondary area that was being content was being shuffled into. But uh, yeah. You know, it's over time. <laughs> we convince ourselves of that. I don't know. In yeah, any case, you, it, <clears throat> you don't you don't want your pages in there either way. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So uh, let's take a quick break, and we get back. We're going to talk about some uh, different quality guidelines that we that was discovered discovered a couple weeks ago. SEO one hundred and one will be back right after recess. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Why do over 15,000 small businesses love working with Infusionsoft? Because we believe in people and their dreams. We empower entrepreneurs and our groundbreaking tools help small businesses grow and thrive. We listen. We care. We serve our customers and we do what we say we'll do. We're always trying to find new ways to innovate and to improve our all-in-one sales and marketing platform. Most of all, from email to e-commerce, we help small businesses like yours succeed. Go to Infusionsoft.com slash radio to watch a free product demo. That's Infusionsoft.com slash radio. 
WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach, a show custom-built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. Jellian Music, your CEO coach, will break down the art of business development from the ground up. CEO Coach, on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Now, uh, one of the, the news items that uh, I, I was kind of fascinated by, uh, uh, sorry, you wanted to say something, John? No, I was just going to say, before we jump into your difficulty, i got one more little thing from Matt Cutts we can cover. Just take a minute. Oh, okay. um, he, he put out in a video about stitching of content. And it's really interesting to me because a lot of people do this. And a lot of people think it's a, it's a really good way to produce content for your sites that's efficient and, and economical from a time and resources standpoint. Stitching of content is where you basically you go, you find an article on, say, Mashable about something pretty cool. Um, and you, you you quote part of it, make a comment, and then link to quote your resources as your blog post. And basically what Matt's saying is these kind of posts are not going to drive traffic. They're not going to get you ranking. He even quoted that Yahoo hates them even more and considers them spam. So there's definitely some pushback on this type of content creation. It makes a lot of sense with Hummingbird and Panda. Um, that they're going to want good quality long-form content on the sites. So they're actually starting to push back on this um, a little bit. I just want to make sure everybody was aware of that. Well, and I would I would guess, I mean, this doesn't seem unreasonable, that, that that technique isn't bad if you've actually got an opinion and you're writing something of significance. But if you're just using it to link to some content, If you just write a paragraph of your own content and then, quote two paragraphs of the other content and link to it, it's not a good thing. But if you've got, you know, five hundred words and in that five hundred words is one paragraph, you know, talking about, you know, a quote from this other article, that's fine. That's not stitching as much as or a bulk of it is really from the other article and you're just making a short comment linking over. Yeah. A lot so, of people do that. And, I mean, and I'm not saying don't I'm not saying it's gonna get you in trouble or it's gonna really be considered spam by Google. Just don't expect it to rank. Don't expect it to yeah. drive organic search traffic. If it's something for your audience that you really think they need to know, do it. Absolutely, right for your audience, but have the proper expectations from from that organic search standpoint. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that there is probably even a um, there may be even incidences where it's you know you just want to do a paragraph and put a copy some quotes in there. I mean, Yahoo considers the spam. <laughs> Freaking cares. <laughs> But, but you know what? It really does actually kind of point out the difference to me for writing really good quality content versus a Facebook post. Something like that to me has a much better it's a much better type of content for a Facebook post than it is for your, your website. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're trying to decide what do I want to post where, those kind of things seem more social to me that you're just sharing some article with a quick opinion versus a long-form article where you're really digging deep into a subject, which is something that you should do. And that's going to be you know, your website is where you want to put that. You don't want to put that on social directly, I wouldn't think. Yeah, yeah. and then there's the argument, too, that by doing a better long-form article, you're going to have something more 
appropriately attached to your authorship too. Sure. Um, you, know, you don't want this thin stuff on there. So that that's you know fair enough. And I'd probably use Google Plus for something thin like that, but not but it still has value. I, again, I wouldn't do it if it didn't have any value. But if it turns yep. out to be a, a thin once in a blue moon, whatever, as long as it's got value. But just keep focused on trying to make beefier legitimate posts. Yep, agreed. Okay, good good point there. So <clears throat> the one thing I wanted to bring up was something that I, I was prepping for um, for last week's show. I'm sorry, everyone, we didn't make it. Uh, it's been a crazy few weeks for both of us. It's the but, holidays. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything seems to fall on, on now. It's, it's you know, compl- no complaints. That's no, no just, excuse, we, guys. That's no just, excuse. We just get to blame everything <laughs> on the holidays. Oh, yes. That's <laughs> um, so uh, did you read about these uh, uh, different quality guidelines that uh, Google had sourced out? Very briefly, so I'm, I'm interested in hearing your opinion on them. Okay, well, they essentially had found a, or been provided a new version of the Search Quality Raters Guide. Now, this is the guideline that Google gives to its reviewers, the people who manually review content. Now, this is not, again, this is very important to say, this is not necessarily what is used in Google's algorithm, but we'll get to that. Um, this is, however, stuff that's important to Google, so it's a very good insight. Um, and what they've called it is it's your money or your life websites. That's the kind of website that this is highlighting, your money or your life. Now, what the hell does that mean? Well, <laughs> fair enough. Um, essentially, results may be important for both your money and your life. So, in other words, the content that you, re- you, you read um, are, may be important for both your money and your life. So it could be something that's asking you for money. It could be something that is giving financial advice. It could be something that anything that could really change your life um, positively or negatively, they want to make sure they add another, another level of care when they're reviewing. I think that's really cool. I mean, that's, that's the sort of stuff you'd expect from a search engine you're trusting. That, um, that, that's the don't be evil motto actually working. Yeah. Yeah, technically. Yeah, maybe they just posted that for that reason. I don't know. But um, <laughs> some, of the, some of the ones I wanted to go through here were um, just to, to rattle off some of the things. Um, it goes on to share five examples. Now, I should say I got this from uh, Matt McGee's post on Search Engine Land. The title is In Quality Raiders Handbook, Google Adds Higher Standards for Your Money or Your Life Websites. Um, <clears throat> the, the document goes on to share five examples. One is the pages that solicit personal information, such as personal identification numbers, bank account numbers, driver's license numbers, etc., should be used or which could be used for identity theft. These are all the different, uh, this is uh, one example of sites that are considered your money or your life. Another one is, is for monetary transactions, any site pages like that, for medical or health information, offering advice on major life decisions, such as parenting, purchasing, or home a vehicle, etc., um, and other major life issues. Um, now, what are they looking for? Main content quality, in particular, who creates the content and the expertise of the author, um, they, Google calls out medical pages as an example, saying this content should be written by people or organizations with professional expertise and be edited, reviewed, and updated on a regular basis. Uh, the next part is contact information. Google says websites that require a high level of user trust require very helpful contact information. Second and last one here is reputation. And to quote, the reputation of a website should be judged by what expert opinions have to say. For example, 
high-quality medical websites are endorsed by prominent physician groups. So they're just looking for certifications and reasons to believe that this content is, is highly credible. And lastly, that the site is maintained or updated. In other words, medical, legal, financial, and other your, your money or your life websites require up-to-date information. Pretty logical stuff. Now, what I want to do is tie this together into you know, what John and I might think. Um, how, For example, one of the things that Matt ties up the article with is you know, what I began with, which is that this is not what Google necessarily uses as an algorithm, but you could see it happening in the future. So let's just take a guess. I mean, let's assume some of these are being used or they want to use them. What signals would they look for? I think this stuff's that would be of interest to to, you, to our listeners. I hope so, anyway. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take the first one, John? So the first one was basically quality design. <coughs> quality design. That, there's a lot of things you can look at there. You can look at 503 or is it 508 compatibility for um, handicapped, um, W3C issues, page speed, mobile versus desktop. Um, all those kind of things would be things they could look at algorithmically. Um, they're not going to be able to look at a design and say, oh, that's pretty, um, but they'll be able to look at you know, up-to-date technologies. Are they using, um, are they using HTML5? Is it, is it newer quality coding behind it? They'll look at coding directly. I, I think coding is something we used to look at a lot back in the early days of SEO. I mean, I can remember the days we used to, to determine if they had too many commented lines of code that would cause like a, the, the code to content. Remember the code to content ratio, Ross? Yeah. Wow, that's, that was like forever ago. But how much code to content was in the source code? Um, then they're, they're looking at how things are written, how they're created. I think it's easy to do from an algorithmic standpoint. Yeah, I think that's definitely the easiest one for them to detect. Um, <clears throat> the other one was contact information availability. So let's say they're looking to find out whether or not the contact information is available within the site, then it's fairly significantly available. So they may look for how many links to the contact info versus number of pages on the site. They look for some sort of a, a, a formula or a, a ratio. <clears throat> Again, not simplifying it, but we're trying to simplify it to some degree here. Um, modes of communication provided. Uh, is it just a, a phone number? Is it just a form? Is there, uh, and it does that phone number connect? You know, they could use the NAP information, name, address, phone number, to determine whether this is truly connected to that business um, or whether or not there's any uh, formality to it on the web. Um, and consistency on the web, too. Just, just like with local search, how consistent is their NAP, you know, across the, the realm of the Internet? You know, the more yeah. consistent, the stronger the signal. It's funny. I, I, when I describe that to clients, I always say it's, it's, it's a good example, although it, it's not a bad thing to do. I mean, obviously, it's a good part of an algorithm. But they put a lot of weight on it, from what I understand, and and it it sort of harkens back to the days of really easy SEO, where they were really going after basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just shows how basic that algorithm still is. Oh yeah, and but some of the fundamentals, even as basic as they may be, they're <laughs> fundamentals for they're fundamentals for a reason, and you know that the NAP is fundamental information about a business. And as simple as that is, it's, it's never going to change. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got three more to do here, but let's take a quick break. and we get back, we'll go through those and, and type a show. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. 
Why do over 15,000 small businesses love working with Infusionsoft? Because we believe in people and their dreams. We empower entrepreneurs and our groundbreaking tools help small businesses grow and thrive. We listen. We care. We serve our customers and we do what we say we'll do. We're always trying to find new ways to innovate and to improve our all-in-one sales and marketing platform. Most of all, from email to e-commerce, we help small businesses like yours succeed. Go to Infusionsoft.com slash radio to watch a free product demo. That's Infusionsoft.com slash radio. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. It's time to turn your site into a money-making machine. WebmasterRadio.fm presents The Shoe Money Show. Your host, Jeremy Shoemaker, covers all the angles from contextual advertising, affiliates, donations, subscription, direct sales, pay-per-click, and more. Show me the money. On demand anytime inside the advertising channel. On WebmasterRadio.fm. Turn it crank in the cash. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So uh, we were on uh, number two of our discussion of different, the different quality guidelines for your money or your life, um, which are a type of website that uh, can have, have an effect on your money or your life. And Google's decided they need a little more attention when they're being reviewed manually by the, their manual review team. So number three is acceptable requests for information. If a legal or medical information website asks for a credit card information, their content should be treated with greater skepticism. Seems fair enough, right? Maybe. So what if you're, what if you're, I don't know, see, if you're selling services online, you know, you can sell legal and medical services online somewhat. I don't know. How, I'm just trying to think algorithmically. How would you do that algorithmically from an SEO standpoint? Because um, that's, that's the point. We're trying to take what these things are going to do from a, you know, a manual basis and how would they implement it algorithmically? I don't know how they could do this. Um, well, the way I think of it is if it's kind of like a trigger. If they see a information website that seems to have a, a, a larger than um, normal amount of advice and or just plain information, encyclopedic information on medical or legal information, um, and then all of a sudden there, there seems to be a, a push for credit card information, 
that perhaps it triggers additional algorithmic review. What, what about like what if WebMD decided to add a a paid section to their site where you, where there's doctors monitoring live chat twenty four seven some kind of model like that versus versus say there's a plastic surgeon that decides that he's sick and tired of everybody coming to look at pictures of boobs on his website and puts that behind a paywall. Paywall. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonder what kind of site he's planning on running. <laughs> well, because that's where like most of the traffic comes from. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, well, first of all, it's greater skepticism. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the content. It just means but, that they're going to test it more. I, I think. So, uh, so, 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 define. As, here's a question for you then: How can an algorithm have greater skepticism? It's either the algorithm or it's not, right? Or you can say you want to apply another algorithm to it if you find this certain set of circumstances. Well, that's what I said. Yeah, that's what. That's exactly okay, what would happen. Okay, so you have an additional algorithm that would have to dig in even deeper. Yeah, so what it would, would, that, it would trigger what, additional reviews. So to go on to, to, to ask your question again, what would that second algorithm look for? Well, it could look for all the other issues that may be uh, to do with that. So perhaps we would look at reviews online. Um, look at uh, uh, sites that are common for complaints that actually have some value, unlike you know the one place we know. So you know, you know, I'm leading you into a trap, right? You knew that when you started answering the question. So oh, of course, it's, but it's, it's also. I think there's validity to it. I think there is no, a way. No, to do it. But my question they're, is, they don't. You, they're smarter than us. You know that. My question, <laughs> so, my question is, if you're going to do this second algorithm for ones that you can look at review sites and you can look at, you know. To take a deeper look, why not do that for all of them? Why does it have to be just certain ones? Oh, come on! Wouldn't that it's improve a certain amount? Of, they, they have to scale to a degree their their systems. I mean, it's 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 cycles. This stuff's precious to them. There's so many websites out there. I mean, it, yeah, you know? I, I can kind of buy the scale thing, but at the same time, we're talking about. Google, who can scale their hardware faster than you and I can scale our, our you know, socks as we're pulling them up, you know. <laughs> but they also don't want to throw away money. They're IPOs. You know, they're public. If there's a way for them to do this and, and still provide high quality, I mean, but, they can but, always find out when they're wrong, and they just improve their algorithms, and then everything we just said changed. So, um, which will happen tomorrow anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> that's not happening right now. Yeah. Um, anyway. oh, no, I'm just, I'm just a little skeptic to use your word that they would have an, an extra algorithm they would apply when they find this touchy situation. If they've already written the algorithm, I would think they would just put it into the primary algorithm and do it for everybody. Unless it's, I can't see how it's it so resource intensive that they would, they would. That's, I'm just going going based on your request. Was how do we do this algorithmically? How do we look at acceptable requests for information algorithmically? And it's to me that's the hardest one we have on this list. I don't know how you oh, do I that. I agree. I agree. But I, I do see it possibly being possible. It just again, it could it could just be hints of what that that there is some issue. And again, algorithmically, it's it's difficult, but it's something that. Uh, Hell, for all we know, they all have, they have implemented all of this already, and they're checking everything else, and they don't even have to look for that credit card info. You know but I do could, believe things trigger different. You know what they um, could do? analyses, though. They will look for whether the requests are on HTTPS, if they're on SSL pages or not. That's something they can do algorithmically, easy. 
but they've also, from what I'm understanding, they're getting better and better at actually filling out forms with blank with information and seeing what comes after the submit button. Mm. And if, if they get better and better at that, that would be an algorithm methodology to really look at what happens when you fill out this form, where is that request sent to, you know, they can look at that algorithm and what's returned after it's been sent. I mean, don't you think that their algorithm, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me that they would run the most intensive algorithm on every single site when they could scale it to some degree. Oh, I'm sure they do. They do scale it. So that sort of answers my our, our discussion in a way. They do have a way of triggering additional algorithms or additional levels of depth. Levels of depth, I think, is a better way to put it. Because when they come to a page, they're not going to, they're not, because think about it. They, they look, what they find on the page determines what they're going to analyze, right? So mm-hmm. if they come to a page that's not paginated, they're not going to look for next rel equals prev, right? Exactly. So if they come to a page that has a form requesting information, that'll trigger what they look at. So, But I don't think it's only on some sites when they're looking for these forms. Any e-commerce site that has a form that requests a credit card, whether it's a lawyer site or a medical site, should get the same treatment. Sure. Well, yeah, absolutely. I think this is just happens to be your money or your life focused. That's all. Um, and also, we, we, the way we're talking here, I should qualify to our listeners – Google doesn't go out and just take these parts and then analyze them. They take everything and analyze it. In, like in, when they index a site, they're getting all this information. There's no, I, I wouldn't think there's any kind of thought to how it's being, how it's being brought in, and then their algorithms go at it. So it's not like they're jumping back and forth. I mean, they may do it a little bit, but I don't see it being happening a lot. Yeah, and the, and the real if you really want to get to the nuts and bolts, the interesting thing is Google doesn't analyze the page on your web server. They copy and put it on their own servers before they analyze it. So they're analyzing it on their site, the copy that they took. So when you're crawled, they crawl it, they copy it, they put it on their servers, they analyze it there. They don't analyze it on your server. Isn't that what I just said? Yes, That's... but I said it clearly. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> well, you take the next one, sir. I, I, I promise not to be critical. <laughs> I think I'm being set up. Uh, <laughs> uh, the next one is reputation of writers. Oh, um, obviously, you know how would you do that algorithmically? Authorship is is the key to that at this point. Um, you know, the, the question is, I guess, how would you do it if authorship's not enabled? If the writer doesn't have authorship. I think that goes back to um, Eric Schmidt's comment that, uh, well, what do you put it? Uh, anonymous, remaining anonymous. How did he say that? Um, anonymity may lead to irrelevancy or something like that in his quote. But basically, if you're not using authorship, you're going to be irrelevant, so it doesn't matter anyway. Um, to me, well, that's, that's the critical the fact part. That they wouldn't even need authorship. They would just know you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's where Google Plus comes in. Um, how again? Author rank has not been implemented, but that's kind of what we're talking about here: is the reputation of the writers is authorship as it is as applied to author rank, right? Yeah, and and to the listeners, author rank is the application of authorship, what people have on their websites to show that they've written something, in the algorithm to make a difference in rankings. So that, at this point, they haven't implemented that publicly. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it could be being tested for all we know right now, but it's just not yeah. being a publicly noticed. No one's actually found 
100% proof it's being used. So the interesting thing is if you look at the, the evolution of this and the engines, first you had link building and social signals applying authority to web pages and websites. Then you have the local search algorithms applying citations and, and you know basically what would be considered links to businesses to give them authority. Now, you, So you went from web pages getting authority to actual businesses getting authority. Now you're going to individuals getting authority based on their activities online and, and what they write about. It's really an interesting progression. What's next, Ross? What's after people? What's going to get authority? You mean number five? What are you talking about? No, no, I'm just thinking. You mean, the, am I supposed to be listening to you? You're supposed to be listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it. So they went from websites. Google tried to figure out how to give authority to websites. Then they figured out how to give authority to businesses. Now they're figuring out how to give authority to people. What's next in that progression? Are they ever going to figure out how do we give authority to topics or, you know, niches? I don't know. There's, 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 I bet there's something after people. Hmm. Just a oh. thought. Pets? Cats. Yeah. <laughs> Weather? No, they already do all that. It's called an knowledge graph. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, the last one here, um, we're getting a little long in the teeth on the show, so um, is is probably the easiest one around, and that's how to determine if a site's being maintained or updated on a regular basis. Um, now, from a technical standpoint, the way we look at it is conditional get, which not all sites have, but that essentially tells Google when they do a server check on a page, they actually call for the page a certain amount of information is being sent to them. It's called the server header. And there it can have the get, the conditional get, which will show the last time the page has been updated. This is a, a preference or a setting within servers. It doesn't always isn't always enabled, but it's actually a really good thing to enable on your website because it saves Google from indexing that page again if it hasn't been updated and can and further improve how far Google will go into your site and index it. So Another uh, great reason to have that enabled is because there's, there's a lot of people that end up having issues with Googlebot sucking up bandwidth on their servers. Mm-hmm. And if you turn that on, they will. The, the first thing they'll do is check the update of the page. If they, it hasn't updated since the last time they did it, they'll just pass on by. And it really has, in some cases, can really cut down on the path bandwidth Googlebot uses. Yeah, and that would be particularly important in the enterprise market, which you're in, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's that's the main thing. Then, of course, less trustworthy things are like the page date. Um, all, another thing is links to updated source articles. So mm-hmm. the actual links, if the links are from recent news, that says a lot about the quality of the article as well. Um, and uh, evidence of page versions. You know, if the versions, if there if there's a many versions of a particular page, I don't know. There's some systems out there that show different versions of this is how things have changed over time on this page. That would also show some. How how much do you think um, new links or new social citations to a page would account for that as well? Would, would that figure in? So if uh, you had a page, it's a lot of sense. It would, yeah. Yeah, but then you, you might get a page that's old that all of a sudden picked up some steam in social and started being talked about. It, that would be that would be a tricky one. But yeah, I think you would, it wouldn't stand alone. Yeah. You know, I mean, God, how many times have we seen mems go live again and you know from the same site that oh you know just exactly. Exactly. You know, okay. especially you know, citing our most important content being memes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, there was an article today. I, I wish I had a link. To someone was talking about how um, you have real content now means you have to create real content. You just can't duplicate memes across the internet. 
thought it was, it was very interesting that that's just not enough. Always about Facebook, actually. Facebook's um, the, the, the you don't want to call it edge rank anymore. They haven't been using that for a long time, but apparently, whatever their algorithm now is being adjusted, <laughs> to not display memes as much and display more content, which is weird because a lot of people like those. I don't know. That's yeah, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> in the foot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The values of Facebook. Speaking, um, speaking of shooting yourselves in the foot, one other thing I want to make sure we cover before we leave today is Google fixed the tool page rank toolbar <laughs> display. <laughs> what the hell? Why? Why? I don't, and it's funny too on our Google Plus community. This is why I'm bringing it up because because literally like the day after somebody posted on our Google Plus community, hey, I need high PR links. Can anybody help? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote back and I basically said, uh, you know, it's being real nice. I said, you know, you probably shouldn't worry about that. Spend your time and resources something else. PR is dead. It's not going to do anything for you. He, you, need, you need high quality content. Well, he wrote back and said basically, hey, PR means there's high quality content. If you have high quality content, you're going to get a high PR, blah, blah, blah. And, and just and then I then I basically wrote back and said, "Look, your first question proves your comment wrong." Done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, to a degree, we are open-minded on our forum, on our community. <laughs> yeah, but, but I will call you out if you need call now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's no one's seen that today. No, I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> well, uh, on that note, uh, thank you for joining us today on SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Our show airs every Monday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, well, we hope you join us next week and send in your questions. Our community plus our community forum on Google Plus is a busy one. Lots of great people answering questions, and we try and do that as well. So please come hey, on in. Hey, one other, thing, one other thing. If you're on our Google Plus page... We got a post out there. We're taking your predictions for SEO for 2014. We're going to collect a bunch of them and have a show talking about your predictions and whether Ross and I think they're valid or not. So get your yes. predictions in soon. We're going to do that show pretty soon since it's coming up at the end of the year. Thanks, guys. Yes, prediction show next week, I guess, or soon after. Uh, we'll do it after Christmas. Okay. <laughs> have a great week. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com.